have joined with us tonight, let's sing together a few of these grand old gospel hymns and carols. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room and heaven and meet your sin. Remaining seated, let's sing our very best on these lovely hymns, please. story of love wake the immortal strain now if you're having a high note like me to hit it do try your very best there's a good high ceiling in this uh, church and as well secure so we're not going to do any damage let's sing our very very best wonderful story of love <coughs> Let us leave thy throne and thy kingly crown, when thou camest 
to earth for me. And in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. Think of these lovely words. The King of Kings was born in a manger so that you and I could reign with him forevermore. What a truth and what lovely words to sing together. <clears throat> you thought I did a runner there, realised I'd left my hand in my other coat. I went through that door and then Mr. Park says, I have no light on in there. And I just went out into outer darkness, but I'm back again. So uh, in a humble manger sent 
from the Father above, Jesus Christ, the Savior, was born, marvelous gift of God's love. hymn number 76. Heart the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's the reason why he came, that sinners would be reconciled to God. And if you're in this service tonight and you're not in Christ, you're not reconciled to God. There's no peace between you and the God of heaven. Oh, that this was tonight when that peace would be secured in and through what Christ has done for you at the cross. Let's stand together, sing our opening hymn, let's sing it our very best, please. <clears throat>
Let's unite our hearts together in prayer. Let's all seek the Lord's face in prayer. Let's settle ourselves in God's presence as we come into his house in the evening of this his day. Let us all pray. <clears throat> Loving and eternal Heavenly Father, in the worthy and all-prevailing and precious name of the one who is our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, we enter into thy presence and the attitude of prayer. We come with humility of heart. We come with that realization upon our minds that we're approaching the God who is eternal, the God who is everlasting, the God who is the creator of this universe. Yet God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And our loving Father, this evening we thank thee that you didn't leave us in our sin. You haven't left us to our own ruin. But we thank thee that you've devised a means whereby we can be reconciled to thee. And we rejoice that at this time of the year we can recall the greatest miracle that God has ever performed in this to sinful fallen man. That God the Son became a man. The one who is, the hymn writer said, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. And we rejoice that thou hast brought into this world, thou didst bring into this world the Lord Jesus Christ to live amongst us, to go to the cross and die for us, and to rise victoriously from the grave. And so our Father in heaven, we come with praise upon our hearts. And we come tonight to thank thee that you sent your Son into this old world and you have so devised it that we can have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. As we sing these lovely hymns, as we render praise to thee, the desire of our hearts is that each one in this service and those who would listen would have the assurance of peace with God. We pray our Father in heaven that in every aspect of this service tonight, there will be a conscious sense of thy presence. We thank thee for all we've come. We thank thee for each head bowed in thy presence. And we pray, our loving Father, we thank thee for each one that we can have uh, fellowship with. But oh, that there'll be a consciousness that thou art here, and that thou wilt speak to every heart. May this just not be another normal service. Lord, may it be an extraordinary time, a time when Heaven will come down our souls to greet. And glory crown the mercy seat. We pray for thy child who will minister in song. We thank thee for journeying mercies and bringing her here. We pray that thou wilt enable her to uplift her Saviour. Pray, Father in heaven, that in ministering in song, she will minister to her hearts. And for the preaching of thy word, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we pray that tonight you'll endure thy servant with the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And may he be an instrument in my hand to the extension of thy kingdom. Not unmindful of those who cannot be with us tonight. Think of those laid aside in hospital or at home. We pray that thou wilt lay thy healing hand upon them. And we pray, our Father in heaven, that they'll be very conscious of the Lord's presence. For those who need that particular touch from thee, touch of the master's hand be their portion continue with us now we pray and ask these things in the saviour's name amen amen, amen. amen. 
Well, we're delighted tonight to have our soloist, Charlotte, with us. We better welcome in the Saviour's name. And we're going to ask Charlotte to come now and to bring to us her first message of the sermon. want to thank you um, for having me here to sing tonight um, and the first piece I'm going to sing is Silent Night.
planning on singing this next song in tonight, but I felt really burdened to, so I pray that the words will speak to someone tonight.
I just heard it for that ministry and song. The Lord bless you. And as you've been a blessing to us, and we trust and pray that you'll come to know the Christ of whom Charlotte has been singing about tonight. We bid you welcome in the Saviour's name to this, the first of our special services in the month of December. December's always a busy month in Hebron, although I think there are not many months that are not busy in Hebron. But in the month of December, particularly each Sunday night, we have these special services. And the purpose of all of our services is that we might have an opportunity again to present Christ and the glorious gospel. And so we trust that you'll come. You'll come not only tonight, as you've done, and we're delighted to see visitors uh, who have joined us tonight. We bid you all welcome in the Saviour's name. And to those who are joining with us on the various platforms, Facebook, Sermon Audio, YouTube, and anything else, uh, you're welcome as well. Wherever you are, we trust that the Lord will bless you as you have come to be part of our service here this evening. For those here in the building, supper will be served after the service, so do stay. Uh, don't go away. Come and enjoy the time of fellowship around a cup of tea and trust it will be an encouragement to you. Reminder to the youth choir that they will have a practice in the church hall immediately after this service tonight. Monday evening, a group of our children will be singing at the Lord's Retail and uh, we thank those who have uh, committed to attending and those who have organised this and we trust the Lord will use these children as they sing for him. Tuesday evening, the senior Tuesday, the Senior Fellowship Christmas Tea will be at 11am in the morning and we trust that all our seniors will be able to attend. Then on Tuesday evening will be the Youth Challenge final before Christmas and that is at 7pm. It was 6.30 this morning, now it's changed to 7pm, but it's 6.30, yes. Did it not? So remember that 6.30 uh, for Tuesday evening. Then Thursday evening, our midweek service is at 8 p.m. and we'll have the reports from the Sunday School and the Youth Fellowship. Friday, the Ukrainian group will visit McGilligan Prison and trust and pray that the Lord will undertake for them as they go to visit in the prison there at McGilligan. Also on Friday is our Sunday School Christmas party, 7 p.m., boys and girls I know are looking forward to this event and so encourage them, bring them along and trust it will be a time of fun and fellowship for them. Your fellowship will also be visiting our seniors. Services next Lord's Day they commence with the early morning time of prayer at 8am the Sunday school at 10.30 the Bible class at 10.45 and then the morning worship service at 12 noon Reverend Park, God willing, will be along to minister God's word and then next Sunday evening will be our Christmas friends and neighbours night so do encourage and invite people to come in it's uh, always good to see visitors who come and there's maybe someone that you can invite to bring them in next Sunday evening and they will be made most welcome. Supper will be served ladies bring half a loaf of sandwiches and one dozen of buns just to let you know Sunday the 18th of December will be our annual Christmas carol service at 7pm and then on Christmas Day services as usual and 
the Christmas Day Gospel Service will be at 7 p.m. Thanks to all who have contributed their tithes and offering to God's work. Today is that the Bible Speak envelopes, the Missionary Covenant support, and next week will be the Building Fund envelopes. Congratulations also to Isaac Atkinson, who celebrates a very significant birthday today. I, we didn't know this this morning in the Bible class, but he's 18. Uh, you wouldn't think that Isaac was 18. Uh, and uh, we wish him well and God's richest blessing. And we trust that both uh, Isaac and the family will know the Lord's blessing at this time. Just a reminder to anyone who's seeking communicant membership, if they would see the Reverend Park before our first Sunday in January, which will be the time we'll, we'll spend around the Lord's table. And if you believe that this is where you would want your home to be spiritually, then we trust that you will come and not only fellowship with us, but come and join us here in Hebron and be part of the work of God in this place. I'm going to ask our sister Charlotte to come and to minister to us in song. She's travelled all the way from Portavogie to the other end of the world, uh, but we're delighted that both her and her mum have joined us tonight. And Charlotte, we're just going to ask you to come and sing to us again, please.
you, Charlotte, for your ministry and song. What a glorious title of the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And what greater theme could we sing of than the one who is God with us. And I trust that we will all know what it is to have his presence with us day by day. We're going to sing together before the Reverend Park comes and ministers God's word. Well, come all ye faithful, joyfully triumphant to Bethlehem, hasten now with glad accord. We'll stand together after we get the note and sing this lovely hymn.
may be seated. Thank you, Mervyn, for leading tonight. Appreciate that. Um, not long before I come over to the meeting, my wife said to me, would you like me to check your PowerPoint? I says, no, you don't need to do that. So there was that little mistake that wasn't seen, uh, seen by me, but the timing on Tuesday night. I want to add my own words of welcome to you who have come tonight, both here in the meeting and those that are listening in on the internet. And Charlotte, it's a delight to have you here in Balamoni this evening. Uh, the Lord has gifted you with uh, the talent of singing. I, I said to Mervyn, you, you went places that I could only dream about going, and that is true. And Charlotte is from Portavogie. Portavogie was the congregation that I was in before I came here, and we have very fond memories. There's still a special place in our heart uh, down there in Portavogie. <clears throat> it's the most easterly point of Ireland, not just Northern Ireland, but the most easterly point of Ireland. And you know, the wise men come from the east, and so that's where we came from to Balamoni. Charlotte, of course, comes from a family that is near to our hearts. Her grandfather is Samuel Bede. You'll know Samuel. He's preached here on a number of occasions. We have enjoyed his fellowship, and we have appreciated his encouragement. He was the clerk of session in Portavogie, still is. <coughs> and uh, Michelle, what can I say about Michelle? She was just a little girl growing up in the congregation in Portavogie with her sisters in, in those days. And uh, she caused me to make history, a very historical moment in my life. You know those things that happen in your life once, and they never happen again. And you were responsible. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, we had moved here, and Michelle said, will you come back and play at my wedding? You know, bad enough, daunting enough to play at a church service, but play at a wedding? Uh, we agreed to do that, and by the grace of God, we got through. So we've got good memories. The Lord bless you. Thank you for traveling so far tonight. I think it's 72 miles, and it takes an hour and a half, two hours, depending on the traffic to get here. We appreciate that. And Isaac, where's Isaac? Is he here tonight? Yes. Isaac, congratulations for Tuesday when you become an adult. Um, when you become 18, there's big responsibility. You're able to vote, you know. You're able to vote in this country. And uh, there is expected maturity and all, but your, your mom and dad will guide you and keep you right in that. Let's open the scriptures to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19 to a very familiar story in God's Word, and that is the, the day that Zacchaeus met the Lord. And we're going to read the opening 10 verses together. May the Lord speak through the reading of His Word to every heart. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house." 
And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as that final verse, uh, we've read together verse 10 that I want to think about tonight at this first service of these special meetings in December. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's have a moment of prayer. Never want to approach the Word of God and the preaching of the gospel without really looking to the Lord for help. Our gracious God, we give thanks for this service, for your presence, for help given in every part, in the leading, in the singing, in the ministry and song from Charlotte. We pray that you will bless these things to us, together with the reading of your precious word. Thank thee, Lord, that what we have before us is God's inspired truth. And there's power in this word. We look not to ourselves, for we have no power of our own, but there's power in the word and there's power in the spirit. And when the Spirit of God, with His power, takes the all-powerful Word of God and applies it to the, the mind, the heart, the conscience of man, it'll do a work, and we pray for that work to be done. Anoint me tonight, Lord, with Your Spirit, and help me to preach for Jesus' sake. Amen. At this time of the year, we like to proclaim the incarnation of Christ, the fact that the Son of God became the son of man, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. Now, there's many great Bible texts that we could look at that declare this wonderful event, and we should think about them often. I suppose the most familiar, best known in all the world, is John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We think of John chapter 1 and verse 14, how the Word, the eternal Word, that is Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. Paul declared, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh in 1 Timothy 3, 16. And in his great doctrinal epistle of Galatians, he said, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, Galatians 4 and 4. Writing to the Philippines, he said that Christ took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Mary was told, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus, Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And there's many other texts that I could quote to you tonight all declaring the incarnation of Christ, and not least the one in our Bible reading tonight from Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This glorious text emerges from the story of Zacchaeus and his conversion to Christ, the little man who climbed the tree to see Jesus. And what a sight 
he beheld that day. Not just the, the physical viewing of the blessed Son of God when he was here upon the earth, but a spiritual gazing upon Christ to the saving of his soul. And when Zacchaeus was saved by the grace of God, Jesus told him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And immediately, the Lord Jesus, as he continued, spoke the words of our text, these words that we have in verse 10. Today is family night at this Christmas time. And as believers, we have no greater desire or interest in that we want to see our families converted. We want to see them brought to Christ. That's the greatest blessing that any home can ever have. What a sweet and a blessed thing it would be for these words to be spoken about some family here tonight. Today, salvation has come to this house, to this home. Here indeed is my prayer. It's the longing of my heart. It's the deep desire of my soul that the Lord might be merciful to some that are here, family members that are gathered in this service tonight. And so will you listen just for a few minutes of your time. Give your attention over to the Word of God as I outline this text with you. I want you to notice, first of all, the proclamation of Christ's humanity. And it's here in the little phrase, the Son of Man. This simple but profound phrase is declaring the humanity of our blessed Savior. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of the Father, the one who was with him from the beginning, who was and is God, became human flesh in the incarnation. He took to himself a body like unto our body, a perfect human form in order to be the Redeemer of men. And this could not have happened in any other way. The whole plan of redemption necessitated the Son of God becoming the Son of Man. See the Holy Spirit hover over the womb of the Virgin, planting the seed of Christ's humanity in her body. This is how the gospel writer Luke puts it in his announcement to Mary, who asked the question, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And this is how the angel answered that question of the Virgin Mary. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And herein is the divine mystery and the miracle of the coming of Christ to this earth, the coming of God into this world. There in the womb of the Virgin Mary, deity joined itself to our humanity. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's His deity but praise God, he's also the Son of Man. We see it in this title, and that is his humanity. The evangelical prophet 700 years beforehand declared this mighty truth in Isaiah 7 and verse 14. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
I want you to know tonight in this gospel service, in order for you and I to be saved, the everlasting God in the second person of the glorious Trinity robed himself with our flesh. This was extreme humiliation and condescension on his part. The eternal God becoming human flesh in order to provide salvation for you and me. Whoever heard the like of this before or whoever could imagine that such a thing was possible, the God that created us, in fact, the God that created the entire universe, and we live just in a little part of that universe, this God, the everlasting and the infinite God, the God who upholds all things by the word of his power, this God became the Son of Man. I have called this in times past the greatest miracle that has ever taken place. You couldn't imagine a greater act of divine power and might than this. That moment that God joined himself to our humanity, and we love to celebrate it at this time of the year. Creation undoubtedly was a mighty miracle when God spoke this universe into existence in six literal days. Noah's flood was a mighty miracle, both in the destruction of the old world and the salvation of those that were safe in the ark. The parting of the Red Sea was a mighty miracle. Water from the rock and manna from heaven were mighty miracles. Gideon's fleece was a mighty miracle. The healing miracles of the New Testament in the days of Christ were mighty miracles. The raising of the dead undoubtedly were mighty miracles. And the saving of the soul, the giving of the new birth, eternal life, to an individual person is a mighty miracle, but no greater miracle could be imagined than the one that I'm talking about here, the incarnation. God became the Son of Man. John Peterson wrote a beautiful hymn, My Father is Omnipotent, and that you can't deny a God of might and miracle is written in the sky. It took a miracle to put the stars in place. It took a miracle to hang the world in space. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. And there is no doubt that this miracle of love and grace is one of the most stupendous miracles of all time, and one that I am very thankful about, because the Lord saved me by his love and his grace. What a miracle it was when at that moment of my life, the new birth was given to me and I was saved by grace. But the greatest miracle is this, that God became the Son of Man, the proclamation of His humanity. I want you to notice, secondly, the demonstration of His humility. And I think it's there in the two words, is come. The Son of Man is come. Great attributes and and characteristics in a person's being and character will always be demonstrated. They will always be seen. You know what I'm saying? That they will be displayed. The humility of Christ is clearly observed in the fact that he humbled himself in the incarnation. The Son of Man is come. Praise God, he came. 
came into this world of sin. This is divine condescension. The eternal God is come to earth. It's hard for our human minds to, to process what is really happening here, but it was so. Jesus Christ, the second person of the glorious Trinity, from all eternity, he had dwelt in perfect harmony and unity with the other members of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three, equal in power and glory, they enjoyed the bliss of perfect, unbroken fellowship throughout the countless annals of eternity. And then came the moment, if we can speak in such terms, there's no moments in eternity, there's no time in eternity. But in order for us to understand, we speak in terms of time. Then came the moment when it was ordained for the second person of the Trinity to come forth into the world. We sometimes speak about the, the councils of eternity. We picture in our minds the triune God in conversation, the one with the other, as they look into time, as they look into perfect creation, and then they look beyond that to the tragic fall of man. And there in counsel together, they so plan the redemption of fallen sinners. Sometimes we use the, the call of Isaiah to illustrate this. You remember the question that was asked? Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah volunteers to be that minister, that prophet of God. Here am I, send me. And I can see in my mind's eye there in the council of God as the Trinity asks the question, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? Who will go into the earth? Who will represent us in this world? And I see the Lord Jesus Christ. He steps forward and he says, I will go. Here am I, send me. Willingly, lovingly, compassionately, Jesus volunteered to go. He volunteered to leave the ivory palaces of glory and condescend into this world of woe and sin. The Son of Man is come. I wish I had the ability to understand this more. I wish I could process this better in my mind and understanding. The Son of Man is come. The hymn writer put it this way, Oh, help me understand it. Help me to take it in. What it meant for thee, the Holy One, to bear away my sin. Oh, what did it mean for the eternal God to come into the world? Well, my friends, he emptied himself. It's the meaning of Philippines chapter 2 and verse 7. What a, a marvelous text it is, and this is what we read. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. This verse needs further explanation and amplification. A more exact rendering would be but emptied <clears throat> or stripped himself of his glory 
having taken on him the form of a slave and having been made or born in the likeness of men. That glory is the glory which he had with the Father before the world was. That glory that he prayed about in the great high priestly prayer of John 17 and verse 5. This glory clearly corresponds to what we call the Shekinah glory, the Shekinah of the divine presence. In the moment of the incarnation, Jesus Christ stripped himself of his glory, and he took upon him the form and the nature of a servant, a servant of God in this world, the demonstration of his humility. He came. Then I want you to think about the revelation of his pity. And I think it's there in the little phrase, that which was lost. Jesus Christ set his love upon lost souls. Men without Christ are lost. It's one of the terms that is used in the Scripture to describe sinners. Sinners are perishing, John 3 and 16. Sinners are condemned. John 3 and verse 18. Sinners are under the wraths of God. John 3 and 36. Sinners are powerless. We see that in Romans 5 and and verse 6. They are enemies of God. Romans 5 and 10. They are spiritually blind. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 3 and 4. They are cursed. Galatians 3 and verse 10. They are dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2 and verse 1. They are without Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 12. And in the same chapter, we find they are without hope and without God. And here we discover they're lost. Sinners are lost and lost without hope. To be lost is to be lost in your sin and spiritual darkness. As well, Houghton put it, friends of mine, are lost in sin and cannot find their way. But you know, my friends, the horror of horrors is that this word means to be lost, not only in time, in your sin, depravity, it is to be lost for eternity, forever and ever, in Christless gloom and despair. That means hell. When we speak about sinners being lost, we refer particularly to the fact that one day they're going to be lost in hell forevermore. My dear friend, in this meeting without Christ, I want you to know in the language of the Bible that you are lost. You're lost now. And you will be lost for eternity unless you turn to Christ. And then fourthly, there is the declaration of his mercy, to seek and to save. Why did the Son of Man come? Why did he become flesh? Why did he take unto himself our nature and likeness? Why did he descend into the womb of the virgin? Why did he leave the heavenly palaces of eternal glory? Why did he leave his Father's side for a season? Why did he forsake the riches and the beauty and the glory that heaven was? Why did he enter a world full of sin and corruption to dwell 
among wicked men? He gives the answer himself to the wee man's a case. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And this is mercy, the mercy of God in Christ to you. I want you to know as we close this service tonight, I want you to know at this Christmas time that Jesus Christ came into this world to seek and to save you. He came to save us from our sins, our sins that are taking us to hell forevermore. Christ, through his love and his grace, came to, to save us from such and to set our feet upon the path that leads to heaven. And praise God, he came to seek. He's the seeking Savior. And he's seeking you now. He's searching out your heart in this meeting this evening. He, he is wooing you to the cross. Can't you see him tonight with outstretched hands bidding you to come to him for mercy and grace and salvation? Can't you hear him tonight as he calls out to you through his word that you might be saved? Jesus Christ came into the world in the incarnation to seek and to save that which was lost. Is that you tonight? Are you lost in your sin? You can't find your way. And Jesus Christ, he's willing to save you. He's able to save you. He can save you right now. And he's seeking you at this very moment. Will you come to him? I pray and trust that you will. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for such grace and love and mercy. Thank you for the whole mission of the incarnation of Christ, summed up in this beautiful text of Scripture in the words of Christ himself, that he came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. It was a day, Lord, when he found me in my lost estate, as he did every believer here and all that are listening in tonight on the internet. We were lost in our sin. We were destined to a lost eternity. That's what we deserved. Lord, I know if I got my just deserts, I'd be cast out forevermore, and I would be a lost soul forever. But in loving kindness, Jesus came, my soul in mercy, to reclaim. Came into the world and it was that moment, Lord, in time when he saved me and brought me to himself, as he did for every other Christian in this service tonight. But, Lord, there are others, and they have not come to that place of recognition and submission to Christ. Perhaps they don't fully realize their lost condition before God. Lord, I pray for the opening up of the eyes, the understanding, and indeed the heart to receive these things. Pray earnestly for the salvation of those who know not the Savior. The lost ones in this meeting now, Lord, rescue them. Bring them to Christ. Don't let them delay this matter of their soul's salvation any longer, but may they turn and seek the Lord who is seeking them now for Jesus' sake. Amen. There is one hymn in our hymn book that has the text at the top 
Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. And I was looking it up and I was thinking about it just yesterday, 237. And it's a hymn I don't think most of you know. But we're going to look at it at least. And we'll sing one verse. We'll try to get through at least one verse. Out in the desert, seeking, seeking. Sinner, tis Jesus seeking for thee. Tenderly calling, calling, calling. Hither, thy lost one, O come unto me. Jesus is seeking, Jesus is calling. Why dost thou linger, why tarry away? Run to him quickly. Say it to him gladly. Lord, I am coming. Coming today. I think it's a hymn that we should learn. And maybe tonight's not the best night at the close of a meeting to do that. But over the process of time, I think we'll get to learn this hymn and love this hymn and the words. Maybe our musicians just maybe play it through for us and that will help us to get the tune into our mind. And then I want you to really think about the words. So as you listen to the tune, we'll try and read the words at the same time and then we'll, we'll sing this opening verse. second line of the chorus that just a little bit at the end of it you need to pay attention to or I do anyhow. Does anybody know this hymn? Nobody's prepared to put their hand up anyhow. But just keep our seats and, and please, please despite the fact that we don't know it let's think about it. Let's think about the words. Don't, don't let the fact that we don't know the hymn put us off in any way. Try to sing it and really understand what this hymn is saying to your heart tonight. <clears throat> think still he is waiting 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 oh what compassion beams in his eye hear him repeating gently gently come to the savior oh why wilt thou die lovingly pleading 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 mercy though slighted bears with thee yet 
Thou canst be happy, happy, happy. Come, ere thy life star forever shall rest. Spirits in glory watching, watching, long to behold thee safe in the fold. Angels are waiting, waiting, waiting. When shall thy story with rapture be told? Please think about it as you leave tonight. Jesus is seeking, Jesus is calling. Why dost thou linger? Why tarry away? Run to him quickly. Say to him gladly, Lord, I am coming, coming today. I trust you will. Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. Let your word live on. Let this truth in, in the closing hymn that's based upon our text tonight burn itself into our hearts. And may we know with truth that Jesus is seeking now. He's calling now. And sinners ought not to linger and they ought not to tarry. Give them that grace to run, to run to Christ quickly, to say to him gladly, Lord, I am coming, coming today for Jesus' sake. Amen.